The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Fans to my good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line today. Uh, big news is that the COVID review has been published, uh, reimbursing Comis residents and reviewing emergency powers amongst the KC's recommendation. A review into government's handling of the COVID pandemic has made a total of 31 recommendations. The review has cost you and me and everybody else on the Isle of Man about one and a half million pounds. So Hello, can... this is Doug Farragher. In conjunction with Manx Radio, I'd like to invite you to join us and learn something about our native Gaelic tongue, the language of man. Thank you, Doug. Yes, it's eight minutes past 12, so you can guarantee that uh, all this morning we've been reading this report. There's 3,000-odd pages of it to read, uh, but uh, some big recommendations, including a revised infectious disease uh, pandemic plan should be drawn up and exercised, including at a political level. Lots and lots of stuff has been um, talked about in this 3,000. Uh, if you want to read it, by the way, you can go to maxradio.com. It's on the news story just click through 3,600 pages. I'd put the kettle on if I were you. Kate Brunner Casey's findings have been published for the first time today. Uh, a little more about it. What's been uh, happening, do you think? I'm pleased to say that the Isle of Man independent COVID review is now completed and the report is available on the website covidreview.im. I've produced my report with the assistance of my team, entirely independently of government. And what that means is that government has had no control over the content of my report and that I haven't shared the findings in my report with government before publication. The report provides a full analysis of government's response to the pandemic in many different areas, including education, vaccination and care homes. It is a review and not a public inquiry. And that means that my focus has been to look in some detail at systems, at processes, at command structures and the like. My focus has not been to seek to apportion blame or indeed to apportion praise. In that way, I have looked at each of the topics which Tinwald set out in the terms of reference and more and I have been able to make recommendations to assist this government and any future government which is faced with a prolonged emergency such as a pandemic. The review has gathered a great deal of evidence. We have gathered thousands of documents, including minutes, emails, protocols, and the like. We have received detailed information from both former and current politicians, ministers, civil servants and advisers. The review has had full cooperation from government, which I am very grateful for. Of course, to analyse the effect of a pandemic, the review has also needed to speak to many members of the public. And so we have gathered evidence from businesses, from individuals, from charities and from other organisations. 
I appreciate how difficult it was for some people to speak to the review and to relive their experiences of what was a terrible time in which people lost their lives. My thanks to all of those members of the public who shared their recollections and experiences with the review, especially those who had been bereaved or harmed. It was abundantly clear to the review that there was a remarkable community spirit across the Isle of Man during the pandemic and that many of you made great personal sacrifices. I do urge you to read the report. A concise version of the report has also been made available and that summarises my findings and my recommendations. I would suggest that you start by looking at the introduction and the navigation section. That will tell you the structure of the report and that will help you to look at the bits of the report which most interest you. There she is, Kate Brunner KC, uh, introducing the report. As I say, you can go to manxradio.com, 3,600 pages, as well as the kettle on. I suggest making some sandwiches. There's also a video published on the COVID Review website. And um, again, all the people who gave uh, evidence. In fact, if I mean, if you gave evidence, I'd be interested to know what you thought of the structure of it and the conduct of the report. Uh, as Kate Brunner says, government didn't see this. So there's been, you know, nobody's been looking at it before. Nobody knows what happened until it was released. No praise and no blame, she says. She looked at border restrictions, Abbotswood, what happened at Abbotswood, and also at education. So uh, if uh, if it's something you'd like to look at or something you'd like to chat about, then by all means, there are 31-odd recommendations, and I'll allude briefly to some of them. We, this isn't, Obviously, we're open line today, so if you want to talk about it, by all means, get in touch today. Uh, tomorrow, we'll have less time to talk about COVID because we're talking about the Manx Wildlife Trust. We'll have a break from that. So, But back online with another open line on Wednesday. So tomorrow it's the Wildlife Trust. But for today, looking at some of those uh, things that uh, Kate Brunner has recommended. Uh, the Mountain Road, by the way, is open. The Mountain Road's fully reopened following that landslip last month. A section between Ramsey and the Bungalow was closed after heavy rain led to slippage on the 27th of December. They've been, DOI's been working to stabilise the area which was at risk of further landslips as well. It reopened yesterday, but quickly closed due to sheet ice on the road surface. So it's uh, just that time of year. So by all means, get in touch. Got a message in, by the way, from Muriel, who said, um, we've been talking about the fact that the steam packet, and by the way, everything's back to normal on the steam packet. Uh, sailings uh, are, as you were this morning, uh, maximum went at 7.52 and will be coming back at a quarter past two from Heesham this afternoon and again an evening sailing. So we are back to two sailings a day while they go to arbitration. Uh, Muriel said, uh, talking of the, the fact that the steam packet company isn't freedom of information worthy, i.e. you can't do it. She said, this may be due to the drafting of the Freedom of Information Act in 2015, which listed nine existing publicly owned companies 
uh, but didn't make provision for the companies that may be acquired. Uh, there were publicly owned companies, i.e. companies that the, the Manx government has a share in, i.e. Laxey Glen Mills, uh, Isle of Man Film Limited at the time, and of course Manx Radio, because the Treasurer is the shareholder of Radio Manx Limited, the operating company of Manx Radio. But apparently the Freedom of Information Act doesn't make provision for companies that may be acquired in the future, i.e. the Steam Packet Company and the Manx Development Corporation, whereas everything else is FOIable, the Steam Packet Company and the Manx Development Corporation aren't FOIable. So it may be, says Muir, that's not a deliberate thing. It's just because of the drafting of the Freedom of Information Act, which uh, I would assume that could be varied, Muriel. But thanks for getting in touch today. Just one other mention I want to make. You may hear over the coming months as well, Man in Line will sound slightly different uh, at the end of Man in Line because as part of our 60th anniversary, we're highlighting the 60 years of service to the Isle of Man from Manx Radio. So we'll be placing archive broadcasts throughout the year, including on uh, Man in Line. You'll hear uh, an archive piece on Man in Line a couple of times a week, and you'll hear one today. It's about a snow day in 1965. And I think we're also going to be rebroadcasting Kelly's Eye with Peter Kelly, if you remember Kelly's Eye and his inimitable look at... um, architecture on the Isle of Man. If you remember Kelly's Eye, well, you'll get a chance to revisit it. And more comments uh, came in. Remember, we were talking about uh, what's happening regarding Steam Packet. Now, circumstances have kind of overtaken that in that the arbitration service is now going to get involved between the Steam Packet and the union. Uh, But... A message about Laurie Hooper. Remember, Mr. Hooper is the person behind the uh, driving the uh, process through Timwald about whether or not the bishop should retain, or the, the position of the bishop should retain a vote in Legco. And Alison said that surely Mr. Hooper's got his priorities wrong. Poverty, compromised health care and dentistry. Uh, obviously, compromised healthcare and dentistry within Mr. Hooper's portfolio is he is the minister for DHSC. The issues with the steam packet as well. There are too many things to list, and surely this waste of parliamentary time on the position and the vote of the bishop deflects attention and wastes time at a time at, of a genuine crisis. I hope Mr. Hooper sees sense and withdraw this. Highly irrespective of the religious aspect of the the history of uh, Soda and Man is unique, dating from 447 AD, says John. This is really because the Bishop of York or the the Diocese of York are the ones, if you like, that uh, provide us with the Diocese of Soda and Man. So we come under the Bishop of York, and it's been hinted, obviously, if the bishop doesn't have a vote in Tinwald, which, of course, you know, oldest continuous parliament in the world, then it could affect the status of the Diocese of Soda and Man, in that, um, you know, there's nothing explicit, nothing overt has been mentioned, but really it could affect the status, says uh, the Bishop of York, it could affect the status of the Diocese of Soda and Man. 
Uh, what's the post delivery and dispatched uh, UK timetable due to the steam packet disruption, says Andy? Well, less than it was. However, I'm assured that the post, I think, comes in on the morning sailing, or if you like, the overnight sailing is when we get our post. Uh, but uh, we'll find out more about that. As it is at the moment, we are uh, still suffering uh, with that, and certainly with no mail plane, we don't quite know what's going to go on, whether or not the mail plane will ever come back, or is that just it now? That there will be no more airmail, apart from the stuff you have to pay a fortune for that goes on a Logan airplane, but that's not the normal stuff. That's not the ordinary stuff. There is no more mail plane anymore. There is no airmail to and from the Isle of Man for standard post. It all comes via the boat. And, of course, if the boat doesn't sail, fill the rest in yourself. Julian's on with us today. Hi, Julian. Hi, Andy. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've just uh, downloaded that 3,600 pages from uh, Kate Brunner's report. <laughs> how, so, far uh, have, how far have you got? <laughs> Still downloading. No, no, I've got it, um, but I will um, have a little uh, look, well, a, a big look through it and uh, <laughs> see how it goes. Um, but, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, her take on it and um, any future things. It's interesting that um, everything changed in January of 2020 when it came to things like calling pandemic. So all the rules got um, sort of altered just before it happened, which is strange. But uh, anyway, well, I'll, I'll have a good read of that and see how it goes. Um just an interesting article I just wanted to say in yesterday's Daily Record newspaper, which is also online, about a Scottish hybrid ferry called the MV Halleg uh, that sails between the Isle of Skye and Rasay. And following a, a serious uh, overheating of the battery in September, uh, that resulted in the evacuation of the ship, and they've had to remove the batteries. Um, and now the ship only runs on diesel straight to the electric motors. Um, a replacement of the batteries and the management software system is too expensive at the moment and won't happen until 2025. And the manufacturers admitted that the maximum battery life expectation is only about, well, 10 years. Um, and for reference, I think the Ben McCree first um, was engaged on the island in 1998. So that's a few battery cycles, isn't it? <laughs> and it's, um, it still seems to be going strong. Um, Interesting in the story, though, um, a, the uh, director of the Maritime Transport Research Group called Alfred Baird, um, he's also a professor at Napier University, was originally consulted on the planning of, of procuring the um, MV Halle diesel hybrid. And he advised against it, saying the technology wasn't ready. And he estimates that the long-term running cost of a diesel hybrid ship is over two and a half times more than that of a standard diesel ship, especially when you take into account the millions that have to be spent um, on the battery replacement every eight, ten years. Um, and when Alfred uh, Baird's research paper uh, was submitted to Transport Scotland, government officials ignored his advice, but they also complained uh, to his university hierarchy seeking to prevent publication of the report, which seems an interesting move, really. Um, and this guy was highly uh, credentialed. Sorry, go on, uh, Julian. Um, yeah, so I just think it's interesting that one of the foremost researchers um, 
for looking into hybrid ships. Not only was his report ignored, but they also tried to censor it. Um, and now they're, they're sort of living with the problem. Um, Ferguson Marine, um, who built the MV Halleg, uh, they've also got a few other problems. There's two new ferries that were originally due to be delivered in 2018. Um, and the original cost estimate was $97 million. They're still not delivered. And they're estimating that the costs are, at the moment are four times over it, $360 million. So it seems that... Um, very problems are not just here. Uh, yeah, and but also, I mean, talking of batteries in general, I, I, I do wish, and I've tried to find out more about this, short of people saying we can recycle batteries for things like EVs, I can't really find out what they do, the, the, the kind of via, uh, the viability of EV battery repair, you know, other than kind of just mulching it up and sending it back to China. Nobody seems to know what you do, because that's part of the problem, I think, with, and that's the reason that EV insurance is going up. It's because nobody quite knows what you do when the batteries fail, and and, and until they get the renewal of batteries and the replacement of batteries to be just commonplace, that's going to put a lot of people off. In fact, it has. I mean, the SMMT reported last week in England that for the first time, the growth in EV sales has stopped in the UK, whereas people are buying new cars like nobody's business in the UK. It's shot up. Um, but the, the proportion of EVs has stayed the same now, so it isn't growing as they wanted it to grow. No, I mean, I, I, it was interesting that the um, the increase in the insurance policy um, quote happened right after the Luton Airport fire. and even though it was touted that a hybrid, uh, sorry, that a, a diesel SUV had caused it, and I think from looking at the videos, it goes up like literally like an incendiary bomb. So, uh, as you know, diesel doesn't, it's not that easy to ignite. Um, that was when the insurance claims went up. Now, as far as the recycling of the batteries, normally speaking, it's about 10 to 20% more expensive to replace an EV battery than it is, um, you know, in terms of the uh, recoverable secondhand value of the vehicle. There are a handful around the world of companies that go into the battery pack and they replace the little cells. The, the, the same sort of cell as you find in a vape, that's like a little lithium-ion AA, but they've got thousands of them, and they analyze them. And I think the cost with that is somewhere between five and 8000 but they only guarantee it for a year. So in other words, I think, you pay five or 8000 pounds with the mind you, you're going to get rid of the car. Um, it's functional again, but not for any... Um, length of time because of course all the other batteries chemically are the same age and wearing it's a bit like you normally replace two headlights rather than one because they, they've been used the same length of time um, but one of the problems is and you know referring I mean you know the, the ferry in question in Scotland um, was quite a small one um, only 150 passengers and the replacement for that battery is over one and a half million so when you've got the, the Manxman's um, four ton battery pack I mean, I shudder to think in about eight or nine years' time, what is that going to cost to replace? And they say, as time moves on, not only do you have to replace the battery, but because the software technology has moved on, you've got to replace the management software as well and the sensors and everything else.
So it's not just whizzing the batteries out and putting a new set in. You've got to change all the management software as well. But it also so seems we're making ourselves a hostage to fortune. But you would have think, I mean, certainly well, it could be possible on the Isle of Man, but I don't think we've got the scale. But in the UK, a kind of national EV battery repair project or a factory or somebody, some bright spark coming up with an idea to do that. Because at the moment, I mean, most EV batteries are modular, so you can diagnose if there's a duff cell or sell and take those modules out and repair them but you know at the moment they seem to be shipping everything off to China so they, they seem to be exporting all the jobs and the money to there rather than if they're serious about it having an industry in Britain perhaps yeah I mean the other thing is of course I think somebody's mentioned on the radio before that even just disposing of a car that say, say you go over a curb and damage it uh, you know, you damage the underside where the battery tray is. Nobody wants to touch it. Um, and I, I think somebody got a quote, £6,000 to take the car and dispose of it somewhere. I don't know if it's still on, whether it's on the island or not. But that's part of the problem because when these things go up, you know, you're, all you've got to do is look at EV Fire on YouTube and you can see there's quite a few videos now of um, just how volatile that that goes very quickly. Yeah. So, and, you know, yeah, and the, the insurance industry, by their very nature, are risk-averse, and they'll err on the side of caution, i.e. making sure they don't get stuck with any claims that they can't meet. So surely there, there are, you know, the, the, the governments, if you like, UK government in this case, but also the car makers and the insurers need to get their heads together to find out you know what's going to happen in the future because if they're intent and on the Isle of Man as well we have the added complication of not having the facilities on the Isle of Man to do it so everything's going to have to be traipsing across the Irish Sea you know if they're serious about this then there needs to be some sort of strategy as who's going to do it and who is going to pay for it all yeah and there's some upfront costs as well for example if, uh, if an insurance company's got 20 cars that have been smashed they're put next to each other in a car park, but the latest safety directive is I think they have to be something like 30 or 40 feet away from each other in case, you know, a fire resurrects itself. So the rental or the, or the amount of land that they have to purchase, I mean, imagine you have 20 cars, but all of a sudden, instead of bang next to each other, they've got to be 30 or 40 feet in a circle away from every, all, everything else. The land increases exponentially. So there's another cost on the insurance companies for the evening. Okay. All right, Julian, we appreciate that. Thanks for calling today. Thanks, Andy. Cheers. Now 28 minutes past 12. Here's a note in from WhatsApp 152. I started to re read the Kate Brunner report, and uh, as someone who's vaccine injured and gave evidence, I still feel we haven't been listened to fully myself and many others affected by this, but that's, uh, that's anonymous at the moment. But tell me more about that, and if you want to give me a call, by all means, if you feel you've been vaccine injured, um, remember what Kate Brunner said. These are recommendations for no praise, no blame, recommendations as to what should happen and also the handling of all this. Uh, have you looked into the second-hand EV market? You might want to have a look and ask the question, what does the island do with the expired broken batteries, says WhatsApp at 853. Well, do you know what we do with our expired and broken batteries? I'll be honest with you, I don't. Who gets rid of the expired and broken batteries? Presumably they go off on the boat 
Now, whether they're, whether they're classed as ha- hazardous cargo and go on the hazardous cargo sailing, uh, I don't know. But uh, again, this is really... Regarding EV batteries, the more information we have, the better. I'm open for everybody as being as educated as possible as to what we do with EVs. But the insurance of EVs has absolutely shot up because the insurance companies presumably know something that you and I don't know. I believe the Manxman is a hybrid vessel which requires a powerful charging point. This has been done, and how much is it costing? Who is paying, says Pat? Well, we know who's paying in the end. Estimates suggest there are only enough precious metals to replace 25% world vehicles with EVs. Also, air source heat pump refrigerants aren't green, says G. So I think this is all rubbish. What's all rubbish, G? You're being a bit wide-ranging there. What, in particular, what is what is uh, rubbish? So, can you t- can you? T- oh, thanks, nine five eight. Good to hear from you. You pick up the uh, phone and uh, tell us what you what you really think. We'd like to hear that. And also, thanks to uh, Texter. Oh, seven six two. Thanks for your comment, seven six two. Pick up the phone and let us know what you uh, what you really think. We'd appreciate that. As far as the steam package is concerned, as a message in from uh, this is oh Vin, thank you Vin, uh, and just said I'm happy that the steam packet are getting to talk to the um, uh, the arbitration people. Let's hope we we don't go to one ferry a day again. That was very worrying, and we didn't get really much assurance from the government about from the fact that the government were going to talk to the steam packet well presumably they did we don't know what went on inside the room but you draw your own conclusions the chief minister and the treasury minister spoke to the steam packet were appraised of the situation and suddenly now it goes to arbitration is the information provided to Laurie Hooper's personal website and email covered by data protection, says Andy? Well, if it's a public if it's a public website, then that's public knowledge, says Andy. Which information are you, are you uh, talking about? If we're having a public consultation on the bishop, why is it on a private individual's website with no apparent checks on who is voting, says Texas 738. This is the public consultation that uh, Liberal Vanin are doing, because obviously Mr Hooper is the leader of the Liberal Vanin party. And they want a public consultation what you think about whether or not the bishop should have a vote. Now, they're not saying that the bishop should not be in LegCo. What they're saying is the bishop should assume the same rights as the Attorney General, be able to enter into debate and make contributions, but the AG can't vote, and Liberal Vanin don't want the bishop to have a vote as well. Eddie's on now. Hi, Eddie. Hiya. You all right? Good, thanks, yes. Yeah, happy New Year to you. Uh, you yeah, never... Belatedly, yes. Yeah, I never got a chance last week. I was a bit busy. Um, first of all, I'd like to agree. Uh, well, I appreciate what Ju- uh, Julian's just put on about uh, about electric being involved with boats and so forth. Um, I, th- I think it was earlier, late late last year, I pointed out about the steam packet. If there was a fire on board, 
Well, we've not really heard. I mean, they say they've got provision, and and they always say that safety is their first concern. But we, I mean, there's no real, if you know, fact to it all as to what would happen if there were to be an EV fire, heaven forbid, on board Manxman or Manhattan, for that matter. Yeah, perhaps they can get to us and give us some idea of what sort of uh, provisions they've got, because I remember the fire at Luton; it was disastrous. Um, just a couple of things I want to get back to, if I may, on the green agenda of okay. tur- turbines. Um, just recently, uh, a project of 47 turbines uh, in Dumfries and Galloway and the Scottish borders has been turned down. Um, just a, a couple of simple reasons. Uh, it's just not the correct environment and and that, and that sort of thing. Very similar to that in um, Toulouse in France. So there's an update of... It, it seems to be snowballing this, that people are against the things, and if they put up a fight, they win, because they are no good. Um Another point I want to mention is, uh, in, in the news recently, all the floods in the UK. Um, well, we, they all admit it's the same thing, which is not, not global warming at all, that just the infrastructure cannot take it. And what, that, what has happened, being in the building all my life, I've seen this, brand new sites go ahead, and nearly all the drainage on these um, brand new sites that go on, on green fields are kicking off with four inch drains to six inch drains and so on. When we get excessive water, they've already taken away all the usual sponges and so forth. And it, it's a torrent all at once and the infrastructure can't take it. And I think I pointed out last year that this is exactly what we think is going to happen. Well, we we here think it'll definitely happen. Is if they take away the infrastructure here, the Heathland, um, quote Heathland, and replace it with two and a half thousand tons of concrete minimum, then we're going to get floods here. Well, that that's um, that that is without a doubt. We've already seen what just extending the quarry did. Um, and I'm going to try and dig out some video for you to send to you, uh, just to show you how the Ronag Road can flood and turn into a river overnight without two and a half thousand tons of concrete up there. So those are a couple of uh, things for everybody to think about. But uh, just uh, just a, a tiny little thing. I've been watching a program on television, Mr. Bates versus the Post Office. Oh yeah, well, everybody's been watching that, Eddie. It was brilliant, yeah. But but it, the thing I've come to a conclusion about is that the the Post Office is really the government, and when the government ever make a mistake, they are very very hard to get to admit it. But it's actually in government today. The, uh, Sunak has, has said it. That, you know, it, it, everything about it was totally wrong, and it looks as though uh, they've already. I think they've already paid out fifty-eight million pound towards uh, the case, and it looks like they may, after today, pay out millions and millions more in compensation because they've totally admitted it was wrong. 
Well, I'm I'm sort of drawing a, a sort of similarity. If if our government go ahead with these turbines, and then the uh, the fight that we plan uh, to get rid of them, just say for instance it happens, then it's going to cost an absolute fortune to get rid of them. And if they cause floods and and illness to people, it's it's a very similar circumstance to the post office, what they have done. Do you not not see a sort of similarity? Uh, The only thing I can tell you is, on the Isle of Man, there is no win, no, there is no, no win, no fee facility for for lawyers. So if you're taking anybody to court, Eddie, you've got to pay for it. Whereas in the UK, there is a no win, no fee stipulation there. Well, well, can I cast your mind back to something that happened years and years ago on the Isle of Man? And it didn't even take a a no win, no fee or solicitors. It was when they got uh, the the birch band. The courts over here didn't recognise it from a person, an ordinary person taking it to court and, and conducting the case themselves. I think her name was Angela or something. Uh, but anyway, because they ignored it totally here, it was then taken to the European Court of Human Rights, who took over. And of course, the, the European Court of Human Rights have unlimited cash and unlimited power as well. And I think that's what may happen here if they're not careful. Don't you think? Well, uh, I'll be honest with you. It's forcing you into a corner, isn't it? Well, the European Court of Human Rights, I don't think, has jurisdiction here. Now now, uh, there's no EU, but, I mean, the fact is... Oh, it certainly does. I think at the time, the the case with the Birch was like also the... um, the case of legalizing the, uh, the the legality of homosexual acts between men, the Alaban kind of knew that the time was up for that, and they had to, if you like, join the queue. And certainly, uh, the then Chief Minister Miles Walker uh, took a lot of stick for it, but knew that was what that was what had to happen where that's concerned. Well, we have to follow everything that goes on. In uh, it, you know, there are so many things. That we we could get boycotted if we don't follow the rules uh, of Europe. Even though we're not in Europe anymore, nearly everything that happens in Europe and the world ends up here. We actually signed up to a, a, a net zero, right? That's worldwide, that net zero. It's not just the Isle of Man, is it? So we'll have to follow the rules of that. Well, we are we're, in, we're, we're an international uh, island, Eddie. Yeah, but whether we're in Europe or not, we will still have to follow uh, what what the whole of all these countries and international uh, opinions are. Well, we have we to be have to we follow. have to be signed up. We're signed up to it at the moment. Whether or not it happens is another matter. Yeah, but anyway, the, the, these are food for thought, and that's my thoughts for today. So. Good to you. All right, Eddie. Thanks for calling today. Yeah, my pleasure. All Bye. right, from one Eddie to another Eddie. Eddie's on now. Hi, Eddie. Happy New Year to you, mate. Happy New Year. I call it just a quick one to Mr. Hooper. Uh, he's on about the bishop vote. I'm not religious in any way or means, but I'd like to say to him the bishop doesn't cost us a one penny. It's just a vote. He's got another ten people there who are costing us at least half a million pound a year and are not elected by us, the electric. Why didn't he start with them? 
Plus, of course, you've got to remember, they're all on pensions. The bishop isn't. He gets paid by the church. So I just want to know, he, he can't give us a 24-hour facility for people who are ill late at night. He's telling us we've got to go to the A&E, which is already overloaded. So, I mean, I, I think he wants to get his act together and, and do his job that he's supposed to be doing. OK, so what would be your message to Laurie Hooper, Eddie? Uh, forget about the bishop and get on with his job. All right. Thanks for calling, Eddie. Appreciate okay, it. OK, all the best. You too as well. It's 18 minutes to one. Loganair's big summer sale is here. Save up to 15% off on over 1 million seats across the UK. Book by 9th January, travel from 1st February. Subject to availability, exclusion supply. Visit loganair.co.uk. Loganair, your journey, our joy. Everyone's more conscious of energy usage nowadays. So Manx Utilities has begun installing smart meters for standard domestic customers island-wide. With our smart living app available too, you'll be in control of tracking and managing your energy. No need to contact us. We'll be in touch when we're ready to fit your smart meter. Visit the Smarter Living page at manxutilities.in. Manx Utilities, delivering a smarter future. There's a new way to Subway with two fantastic menus. Which will you go for? The all-new Subway series with 15 irresistible creations like the Big Bombay Sub, Great Goddess Salad, Emperor Wrap and Big Cheese Steak Sub Melt. Or create your own. You pick the ingredients you want and build your own sub, salad or wrap the way you want it. There's a great mix of healthy and indulgent menu items available from Subway and ShopRite, Peel and Port Erin. We're back on the Ross Revenge this January for another Caroline North. Join us this weekend for some great music from the 60s, 70s, 80s and into the 90s. We have some money to give away to spend in the Caroline web shop and play you the greatest music of your life. Join us this weekend, live from the Ross Revenge for Caroline North, here with Manx Radio. Radio Caroline North, back on 648 and 1368 AM. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. 16 minutes before one. Yes, this report's out today. The Kate Brunner report has got um, recommendations of what the Isle of Man should do post-COVID. This has cost uh, £1.5 million of public money. Well, the, what the big recommendation is that the emergency plan should be uh, given careful and formal consideration at the start of any emergency and deviation from the plan should be explicitly minuted and agreed. In a prolonged emergency, Comin should have oversight and ownership of the emergency command and the advisory structures. Um, Another recommendation is that government should create a pandemic uh, ways of working plan as part of its emergency planning. Also, that government should seek to retain a number of effective pandemic working practices. You can work your way through this. This will be your bedtime reading for the next month or so. 3,600 
uh, pages of that to read through, but also the comprehensive review of the island's emergency power legislation as recommended by Comin in 2011 should be urgently undertaken and followed through. Also, contingency planning in DHSC and Manxke should strive for an equal focus on social and community-based services and ensure that policy and guidance is relevant to community settings. There's a lot to uh, to get through. Uh, one that took, caught my uh, I, uh, recommendation 22 is there should be urgent action to ensure that the oxygen supply at Nobles Hospital is secure and that there's a realistic contingency plan to expand oxygen capacity in an emergency. The government needs to ascertain with certainty whether the existing VIE oxygen plant can continue to be used or whether the plant built during the pandemic can be used. There's a clear, there needs to be a clear plan developed by DHSC, Manxcare and the DOI for how increased oxygen needs would be met in another pandemic. 3,600 pages. If you get to it before uh, they get to the end of it before I do, then call and tell me what you think. And Dee's on now. Hi, Dee. Oh, hello. Uh, thank you for letting me speak to you. Um, I just wanted to say that I agree with absolutely everything that Eddie says um, regarding uh, Laurie Hooper and his fixation on the bishop um just please can we get back to governing the island properly um i just mean that for not laurie hooper the whole government um the bishop really is such a minor part and he can be the voice of reason on occasion um so that's all i wanted to say thank you just one thing before you go d i mean the, the laurie hooper has got people i mean there were several people who voted for him about 10 mhks voted so there it's not just laurie hooper there are other mhks he may be just the outlet for them so i mean what would you say to the other politicians who are who are getting involved in this i mean they'll just say look this is just one decision that has to be taken and they're paid to make decisions this just happens to be one well, I don't know, did I see this in any manifesto that any MHK who wanted to be elected at the last election actually mentioned this? I never um, saw it. I, I never saw it, Deep. No, I didn't. And I think, as Eddie said, there are so many much more important things to deal with. But it really is a waste of time. But, I mean, that's my opinion. And these 10 MHKs have agreed with him. Um, but that also that leaves ones that didn't agree with him. So we've they already had um, discussions a few months ago, didn't they, about the same thing? And it was you know I think it, the decision was keep the bishop, and then Laurie Hooper brought it up again, obviously because he didn't like that decision. Um, it just seems rather trivial when we have so many other problems on the island. So basically, that's what I'd say to those 10 MHKs as well. Appreciate that, Dee. Thanks for calling. OK, thank you. Bye-bye. It's 11 minutes to be on. A message also just regarding... I love the Isle of Man. Rich just texted in to say he loves the Isle of Man. Texted 431, well, so do I. Andy said, regarding Mr Hooper's consultation, uh, he doesn't say that he's data protection registered, does he? So what's the protection against the, about him using people's emails for other purposes? Surely that's not right, is it? What do you think? If you go to Laurie Hooper's website, which is L Hooper, 
lhooperiom.com, then his consultation is on there. lhooperiom.com. Laurie Hooper, MHK, one of the Ramsey members and leader of the Liberal Vanning Party and, of course, Minister for Health and Social Care on the Isle of Man. There is a consultation uh, if you want to get involved. And, obviously, if you want to contact Mr Hooper, there's a contact button on there for that. How many Western investors put money into Chinese companies? Uh, this is a big con, says Des. <laughs> so the rich get richer. Batteries aren't eco-friendly. Uh, yeah. I think it's more the other way around of Chinese investing in everybody else rather than Western people in investing in China. But I get your point, Des. Plum Master, we're plumber's shop. For supplies, we've got the lot. Ramsey Douglas, come on down. Plum Master, the best around. Gas boilers, pipes and taps. Bathroom fitting, stylish rats. Plum Master, have all in store and deliver to your door. For trade and DIY plumbing supplies, visit Plummaster at Haldane Fisher in Douglas and Ramsey. Plummaster, your local, reliable, competitive plumbing supplier. Thinking about studying a degree, degree level or postgraduate qualification but want to stay on the island? University College Isle of Man offer a wide range of higher education level courses, including work-based degrees for hands-on experience within industry. And with 91% of students gaining relevant employment on or before graduation, UCM is an ideal choice for students who are looking to set themselves up for a successful future. Visit ucm.ac.im to explore a range of courses. Hello, I'd like to rent a car for three days. Just something reasonable. No problem at all. Uh, we've just got a few rules to make you aware of. You can't go off island, you can't smile in the car, you can't take any friends, it's £10,000 a day, oh, and you'll need a million pound deposit up front. Any questions? Renting a car doesn't need to be so difficult or expensive. With prices from just £50 per day, speak to Rex Rental Company or book online at rexrental.im. Rex Rentals. I'm so glad to hear that. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. And Juan as well. Hi, Juan. Hey, Andy. How are you doing today? Very well. It's a lovely day. It was a bit nippy, but it's a lovely day. Yeah, I believe there's a big cold front coming through, isn't there? A lot of snow coming through England this next week. So uh, get your skis out. Maybe going down Douglas Head there and um, a bit of uh, tobogganing. <laughs> um, just quickly, um, I know we haven't got a lot of time, so it's not going to do this justice, but um, triggering a conversation about the, uh, that, that nice little report that Kate um, Kate has given um, and my attention was drawn um, to a couple of things first of all that um, there was a higher amount of um, uh, uh, vaccine injured reports in the Isle of Man than the UK um, and again I'll go into this a little bit more but just to trigger the, the conversation maybe for the week um, if people want to have a look between pages 1375 and 1378 um, which is, um, I say, I'm working off a phone, so I've had a quickly score through this this morning, a little tiny bit. Um, and it seemed to be um, uh, a conversation there that she's going on about um, government should have tighter regulations on, on vaccinated people and advertisement more on people who are sceptical of what they were taking. 
And it was kind of summarizing it in my own head very quickly. It seems to go along quite neatly with what we've been talking about for many months on here. And that's the pandemic treaty that's getting put through by the unelected body of the World Health Organization. And again, coercement comes to mind with what is being written in this report as to getting people to um, uh, join into this here um, World Health Organization world treaty pandemic treaty which will hand over all our um all, all our independence to these people but um like i say i'll, I'll cut like julian i'll study this a bit more and come back onto it but just to trigger it off a little bit 1375 to 1378 have a look at that among all the other stuff and uh, maybe we'll talk about it in the week andy okay uh, thanks julian good to hear Cheers, from andy. you Bye. So if you want to take a look at the report, 3,600 pages of it all, if you could uh, give me an executive summary by five o'clock tonight, I'd be... <laughs> oh, crikey. Interestingly, one of the interesting things that's pointed out is uh, the government's hiring of the social media company Jeff the Mongoose in the middle of all this, and uh, where they sat in the dissemination of information also... The skills held by the government's communications department in social media. Very interesting reading, anyway. I'll get back to reading it. And on tomorrow with Lee Morris and uh, Lucy Chapman from the Manx Wildlife Trust. More to talk about with them, including what he thinks of the wallabies. Thanks to Chris Quirk on the phones today. W-I-N-T serving you as the nation station this is Manx Radio for 60 years Manx Radio has been broadcasting to this island but right from the start its usefulness in times of emergency became apparent less than a year after it came into being in 1965 heavy snowfall underlined the station's role in passing on news and information. Right now you're listening to the Paul Squire Show coming your way from Manx Radio, your station for Brightly Broadcasting. Don't forget, anyone with information on radio conditions, please phone Douglas 2927. Or if you're in trouble, stuck somewhere, let us know and we'll see what we can do for you. All right, 2927A is the phone number. You're in tune with your happy listening station, Manx Radio, broadcasting from Douglas Isle of Man. And we've just had a telephone call from a Mrs. Bucknell to say that Mr. Parker and his friend is supposed to be among six transport men and some railway men who are walking from Ramsey to Lexi. And Mrs. Bucknell has taken the car out and she's going to take it as far as she can to pick them up. So there you are. It pays to advertise on Manx Radio. The Andreas Road is still under heavy drifts and men are still working on it. The badminton game between Albion versus Crosby, which was to be held at Crosby tonight, has now been cancelled. All the main roads on the island are very bad. The Douglas to Peel Road is open, however the going will be extremely hard, and motorists are advised to wait until tomorrow, if possible, before using this road. The coastal road in the Oakland area is very badly blocked, and this area is north of Santon. Richmond Hill is clear, but it's very slippery, and again, you are advised to keep off, if possible. There is no chance of getting to Castletown from Douglas, although the road from Balasala to Castletown is now clear. From Balasala south to Colby is impassable unless you go via Castletown and the Shore Road. From Balacrane to Kirkmichael is completely blocked by snowdrifts.
We'll be back with you again tomorrow morning, bright and early, 8 o'clock. Manx Radio, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, going right through the day until 8 tomorrow evening. And that song in the background, this is Paul Squire saying to you, ciao, ciao for now, until tomorrow. See you around. Before you turn square. Part of Island Life for 60 years. This is your Manx Radio.